What are you watching? What did you see? Remember the stuff you watched on TV? Sit down and tell us about all the shows. Some we have heard of and some we don't know. We interrupt your current broadcast. We cannot control the airwaves. Do you remember that thing from that thing? They cannot control the airwaves. What was her name? Oh, what was he in? Which guest will it be? Control the airwaves. Welcome, and without further ado, we're off, baby. Welcome to Nick and Nat Control the Airwaves. That's what we're calling it. We're still calling it that. We're still calling it that. Or, if this is the first episode, that's the name of the show. Anyway, so, today we're joined by a friend of the family. (laughs) Um, Comedian, actor, and Twitch partner, Bill Alzafar. Hello. And also, he, you... Mm. Has written for The Independent and The Guardian. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it is good. What were the circumstances? What did I do? I did a thing about dating for The Guardian a few years ago for that magazine that Hadley Freeman usually does. Oh, that yeah. Was a cool, I don't know. What read. magazine? The Guardian magazine. What, The on Guide? Saturday. The Guardian Guide? Yes. The Guide. Is it? Yeah. Yes. It's good. It's a good thing to brag about, right, for The Guardian. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And The Guide. The and Guardian Guide yeah. is even better than The Guardian, I'd say. Sure. What is a Twitch partner? It's like the top level of Twitch. Oh, hello. You get like a verified tick if you have enough people watching you and all of that. Right. So, yeah. out of all of the bird watchers, you're the best one. Yeah. See? Yes. It's like it's one for like. I know my dad listens. He's a big Bill Oddie <laughs> fan. Uh, we're just trying to throw stuff out there for everyone. You know, we want this to be like a warm, friendly show where you know you might listen at first and think that's that's not for me, and then within seconds mm. you're melted like chocolate and gone. Do you know what? I was wrong earlier. It is for me. So that's the sort of show that we're trying to do, isn't it, Nat? <laughs> and, um, right. So do you know what this show is, Bilal? Talking about my favourite stuff. Yeah, kind of in a way. It's more structured than that. And that'll become clearer as the moments tick away. But how do we do it? I hand it over to you, don't I? I can do, yeah. Bilal, what is your date of birth? 16th of October, 1991. It's a Wednesday. Uh, 1991. 16th of October, 1991. Yeah. So, number one song was... Everything I do, I do, I do it, it for, for you. you. Oh. And that would have been towards the end of its 16-week run, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, and in fact, if you were born any time within that 16-week period, it still would have been number one. Should have been. But like in October would have been towards the end, because that was the summer of love, wasn't it? It was, yeah. What knocked it off the... Wasn't it wet, wet, wet? No, no. couldn't go straight in. Natalie will tell us in a minute. Nick Helm, could you care to tell me, or Bilal, mm. could you guess... Any of the top 10 films in the UK box office on the 16th of October 1991. From the number one single. For, oh, it was Robin and Prince of Thieves is probably in the top ten. Number five. Wow. I'm not going to get any of these. What else came out in 1991? Dancing with Wolves, is that still at the... No, I've got to do your rundown. Number ten. FX2, Murder by Illusion. Oh, that's a good I film. don't know what that is. Oh, this Brian, is I'm interested to see what you know many of this stuff. Brian Brown, Brian Dennehy, and they're playing around with special effects, so it's practical effects back then. And it's like Columbo with sort of magic. 
Oh. Stepping out. Oh, wow. Julie Walters. <laughs> Julie Walters, yeah. Stepping out. And they were mental. Top tens were mental. But Ju- Julie Walters and Liza Minnelli <laughs> stepping out. Yeah. Even better than Brian Brown and Brian Dennehy. Julie Walters. <laughs> Liza Minnelli. Number eight. Terminator 2. Oh, cool. Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Good. Right. Number seven. Jacob's Ladder. Oh. Have you seen Jacob's no, Ladder? No, I've heard of it. I don't know what it is. Oh, it's, yeah. No? No. Don't Tim even Robbins. order it in a restaurant. Number six, Toy Soldiers. Oh, yeah. Sean Astin. Sean Astin. It's film. like Die Hard, only at a school. At a school. It's horrible, really, if you oh, think about it. it. <laughs> yeah. Kids with guns. Oh. Yeah. But it is a very different time. Yeah. Five, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Four, Out for Justice. Oh, yeah. Out for Justice. That would be oh. Steven Seagal. Probably just oh. after he was marked for death, but before he was out for a kill. About the same time he was Nico. <laughs> Number three, Drop Dead Fred. Oh, yes. The film that the mask wishes it was. Number two, The Rescuers, Down Under. The Rescuers. Disney sequel. Cinematic cinematic release. I remember that being at the cinema. I didn't go and see it. Even at that age, I hadn't seen the original. I was like, I don't know. I'll I'll catch these flicks on VHS. Mm. (laughs) Number one. A film, you'll be surprised is number one, given all those. And a film you forget was a massive film. Roddy Doyle's The Commitments. It was number one? Number one. It's amazing. Wow. Any superhero films in that? No superhero films. Oh, U2's The Fly knocked Brian Adams off the top spot. Right. U2's The Fly swatted Brian Adams off the top spot. Everything I do, I do it for you, Mosquito. They've been sucking the public... Dry of their blood. I'll be interested to see how many of these you've heard of as well, Bill. Yeah. These are some of the TV shows that you could have watched on the day you were born. Okay. Kilroy? I remember Kilroy. Yeah, Robert Kilroy Silk. Mum used to watch Kilroy. The Family Ness. The Family Ness. Sounds familiar. They were all like Loch Ness monsters. Right. Play Days. Pebble Mill. Doobie Ducks Truck. Do you remember Doobie Duck? Do you remember Doobie no, Duck? I know Play Days, because I guess some of these were still on when yeah, I was like five. Yeah. Was it Doobie Duck's Disco Bus? There was Disco Bus, but I think this was a follow-up Doobie Duck's truck. That's when he removed people's mattresses for him, wasn't it? After people stopped turning up at the disco. So yeah, Doobie Duck was a sort of a puppet duck who would sing in a high-pitched voice some of the hits of the day. Right. Orville and Cuddles. I didn't see it, but I know. The Chipmunks. Mm-hmm. Heartbeat with Tony Hart. No. Like a Grove? Yeah. Wogan? Let's do them all. This is an extensive list, isn't it? Tomorrow's well. No one's going to say that you haven't pulled your weight. <laughs> You've got a list as long as your arm. Point of view with Anne Robinson. Yeah. Star Trek Next Generation. MASH. The Equalizer. Give us a clue. The Young Doctors. Grot Bags. Rolf's Cartoon Club. He's always in it. He always pops up. Right. Des O'Connor tonight. Brookside. Kate and Alley. Paul Merton, the series, and the Golden Girls. That seems like a chaos, the way that you've presented that. That's <laughs> a good year, wasn't I, it? I would say. Good day. Good, good day, day, sorry, yeah. Unless we've buried this episode as episode five in future, I'd nip that down to about you know five items, and good ones as well. Yeah. And there's no real need to mention Ralph Harris every single week. Um, I don't know. Okay, so... We're off. So thanks for coming to, onto the show today, Bilal. Thanks for having me. You've climbed all the way up to the rope ladder and now you're sat on a beanbag in 
JCASHQ and we're all just hanging out remembering times gone by but I wonder can you cast your mind way back to when you were at school you're out of breath because you've been chased home and your knees and your elbows are covered in blood and you're crying you've just fixed yourself a snack sat cross-legged in front of the tv Mm -hmm. and i guess that's a very long-winded way of saying what are you watching cast your memory back to like Mm -hmm. 5 30 in the afternoon could be any year well for a start what sort of era are you nostalgic about when it comes to tv i guess mid 90s really power rangers would be what i'd watch after school loved it Power Rangers. Yeah. Was that the original Power Rangers? I think so. Did you have a favourite coloured Power Ranger? Black Ranger. I had a toy and he had like elephant tusk eyes. Right. What? So Power Rangers, did they all fit together? Is that what Power Rangers was? Sort of. They all turned into a big robot together at the end. So were you a fan of the series? Because I yeah. know that there was sort of like, there was a bit of controversy, wasn't there? Because there was the original series lineup and then they released the film. Yeah. And the stars of Power Rangers were getting paid something like 25 quid a show. <laughs> yeah. And then when they were making the film, a couple of them were like, well, we should get paid more. Mm. And they got fired and replaced for the film. And then when they were making Ivan Ooze, the first Mighty Morphin Power Ranger movie. Mm-hmm. When they were making that, they were also making the TV series at the same time. And they were get like Hilary Swank was part of all of that as well. Sure. Oscar winner Hilary Swank. Unless she left with I the didn't first know about any of this. Oh, right. So. Yeah, you, I just watched it. You just watched it. You didn't yeah. live it like me. <laughs> no. Well, you see. And I, you'd probably have been about five. I was right? about five. I was, right, a bit, yeah. I was a teenager at that point, so I was more interested in the analytics of it yeah. all. You know. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it Japanese? All the sort of yeah. fighting monster footage, I think, was like from a Japanese show. Originally, yeah, which is probably why they paid him nothing, because they would have only didn't been acting them. in the cafe. Well, one of the mistakes that they made with the film was they were trying to upgrade everything. And mm. so they did these masks. They got a load of footage from Hong Kong, unless it was Japanese. I don't know. I can't remember what the origin of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was. But it was basically, it was footage that they got. And then they just filmed these sort of like Saved by the Bell-esque links. Yeah. With a Western yeah. cast. And then when they put the helmets on, it didn't matter who was mm. like playing them. So when they made the film, they made the helmets see-through so you could see the actors. And then they realised that it was too much of an effort because <laughs> none of the actors could do any of the moves. Yeah, so silly. then they had to redesign all of the helmets and stuff. Have you seen it as an adult? A little bit. How does it hold up for you as an adult? It's for kids, isn't it? <laughs> it's okay. Like so many of these Saturday morning... <laughs> yeah cartoon series yeah a lot of them were for kids it yeah. turned out <laughs> yeah there was one called vr troopers was that similar Did you ever hear of that yeah it's probably a rip-off of it i remember there was one that was called something like beast beetle beetleborgs beetleborgs yeah i like that as well i don't remember any of that stuff mm. i remember the names it's but... kind of all the same thing except <laughs> i think beetleborgs they were kids actual children but they turn into these big characters it was kind of weird because like i was in the 80s mm. I was in the 80s. (laughs) Yeah. And so that was kind of, for me, it was He-Man, Real Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mm -hmm. and now I'm out. I'm not interested in cartoons anymore. I'm interested in Baywatch, Gladiators, and uh, Rick Stein. I've grown up. (laughs) (laughs) I've grown up. The thing is, though, the stuff I used to watch is a bit weird because I grew up with two older brothers who are seven and nine years older than me. Right. So I had, like, teenage brothers when I was little. So I'd seen 
loads of like films I shouldn't have. Like, I'd seen like Terminator Two when I was quite little. Mm. All the like classic British comedy, like, like what? Brass Eye and all of that, the day to day and stuff. I'd Do seen you... all of that when I was little. But how little was that? Whenever it was out, so I, I would have been yeah, maybe like eight years old or whatever, or even younger. I remember really, really laughing at. Do you remember when? I don't know what show it was on. Steve Coogan was doing a Eurovision thing. We was planning to be Portugal. Oh, it was yes. um, what was Tony Freeno for another one? Right, I have not even seen that. That's show. the best hour of TV ever made. Right, <laughs> that I think that that's the best hour of TV that he will ever make. I watch it all the time. I love the Tony Freeno phenomenon. It was like a one-hour special light entertainment special where he played Tony Freno and took him through all the history of Tony Freno. And then at the same time, they did a half-hour special called Tony Freno, Who and Why a Quest. And that was horrible. And it was, like, all about his, like, mafia connections. And it sort of, like, did a lot to undo how... He's, like, one of Steve Coogan's monsters. So he was, like, monstrous, but likeable. And then the documentary that they made that went parallel was sort of like... So that was a one-off thing, the, the, the it, it, Eurovision it, thing. It, he was... launched a new character. So like he did Clive Anderson. You know when Clive Anderson used to have people like Peter Cook on? Mm. And they'd have, like, characters and sketches written. So Steve Coogan went on and he did Tony Freeney. They released a single. It was like a big launch. It was a big launch. It was like, it was like, it was like, it was a multimedia launch where, what was the, it was the Tom Jones cover, Just Help Yourself. And then there was an album that they launched off the back of it. For years, that was my favourite Coogan character. I should rewatch that. Well, I watched it again recently and it aged perfectly for 20 years until the last time I watched it, and I was like, oh, no, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember that making me cry laugh when I was really little. It's brilliant. Yeah. I think I had a similar thing. I've got older brothers, and Mm. I think I probably just saw that stuff early. I mean, a lot of the stuff was on when I was a kid with things like the young ones. Yeah. But equally, that's a bit like a kid show, just with adults and a bit more kind of adult content. But, like, I used to go to my friend's house, and I used to... So when I was, like, must have been nine or ten when Total Recall came out on VHS, and I was so scared of Total Recall that I was around my friend's house, who was younger than me, and I told my parents I wasn't going to watch it. So I sat in their living room, and I stared at the carpet for two hours, and I just heard, like, all of the sound effects, and it's very sort of, like, wet... (laughs) (laughs) and violent and it was worse not watching it than I think watching it and when you are sat as a kid are you eating anything are you eating a snack or anything while you're watching these shows I got really into Maryland cookies and dipping those in milk and I got chubby when I was like 10 sure because I was on you can eat a whole packet of those without even realising yeah chocolate bourbons as well dipped in milk sure the nice thing about Maryland is that they didn't put them in like a pipe like Pringles mm. because if they had I'd have been stuck for days <laughs> yeah. yeah terrible okay so it's past five o'clock you're getting into the early evening mm-hmm. what's on TV early evening it's some light entertainment game or quiz show mm. do you have a favourite I think there should be a level of urgency to this go on <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favourite late eight enter? It's made it worse. No, it's good. It's really good. Do you have a favourite? I can. F- can, you, can you feel the tension in the room now? <laughs> it's like ratcheted up a notch. You know. It is good. Yeah. It is good. Do you have a favourite light entertainment show or <laughs> game show? Absolute chills at the moment. Look at that. The hair on my arm is it's flat because I've been. It could, be, it could be one from the past, one yeah. from the present, or any favourite. I used to love Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when that was first on, but then watching what? that with my family. A million doesn't seem so much anymore. 
doesn't matter what show do did, you... did you get bigger or did your pockets get smaller yeah what, <laughs> yeah. what way would you think of it yeah. i've just spent two years watching who wants a billion millionaire yeah <laughs> like five episodes a night in lockdown i loved it classic I love it. who wants to be yeah yeah <laughs> it's really good isn't it? it's really good yeah. the way it works is you've got like the sony channel and then you've got like challenge tv challenge, yeah. and you can watch who wants to be a millionaire up to about 11 and then at 11 they start putting on stuff like bullseye so you pivot yourself over to challenge tv where you get the end of a chase and then who wants to be a millionaire but it's not hd so it looks bad it does look real bad yeah you can still see the questions just about yeah. that's just about that's all you need yeah <laughs> yeah i used to love that i remember when judith keppel won the first million and it was in the news before the episode was on oh wow. and i was yeah. in like primary school and i remember watching that this is one to watch yeah yeah it's a it. great format though isn't yeah. it? it's brilliant and the fact that there's no end to it mm. yeah you know, occasionally they'll line up so the end of the episode is the end of that contestant but it's great when there's a rollover Mm. And someone just comes up, they say their name, they say, and he goes, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bad news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. End of the episode, and then you know who's going to be there. You just hit the ground running. On that and when he episode. pretend to give him a check and take it away. Yeah. Really oh, good. he's great. Well, the thing that you do notice is that he's not nice to every guest. Sometimes you can tell that he just doesn't like them, and sometimes he just really loves them, and he can't keep his hands off them. Jeremy Clarkson showed how it's not. As easy as it looks. Jeremy Clarkson it should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> but why did they? That's such a weird choice. Well, I don't know. Why couldn't Chris Tarrant still do it? I think that Chris Tarrant wanted to do like documentaries about trains. Jeremy Clarkson, this was part of his, I'm an all right guy. I don't, yeah. I don't beat people up. You know, because <laughs> he punched that producer. And then like, Top Gear was put over on Amazon. He's just like going, right, well, what can I do? How can I reinvent myself? Well, I'll be a quiz master. So he went on, who wants to be a millionaire? The one episode I watched, there was a middle-aged white guy who worked on a submarine. And Jeremy Clarkson is in love with him and they fall in love and it's beautiful. And the guy gets a really obvious question wrong and the submarine guy that works on the submarine, he gets kicked out. Mm. And the next person comes on and it's a black woman. And Jeremy Clarkson spends the whole time going, do you know anything about submarines? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was like jaw dropping because it was just like, you're not even going to make an effort with this woman, right? He's he, not good at it. He's just there thinking, well, maybe if I wrap this up real quick, I can head him off at makeup and we can go for a real ale at the Traveller. <laughs> Does that not have, I thought they'd have someone in their ear, at least giving them... Little questions well, to like, ask or something, but it seems like he's just on his own. He's just winging it. He doesn't know. He's what just to winging do. it. And if it's a if it's a middle aged white guy, he's just like, great. <laughs> I could get lost in your eyes for hours, Dave. Don't they have a thing now where one of the help out thing, one of your little cheat things, isn't it? Like you ask Jeremy if he knows the answer. Yeah. The lifelines. You ask his opinion. You sort of yeah. go, do you know this one? And he has to go, <laughs> no. And he got it wrong once. And the person chose his answer. Because it's Jeremy it was, Clarkson. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't trust Chris Tarrant at his best. No. Let alone Jeremy Clarkson at, you know. But it's weird. Like, when he's struggling. <laughs> you've seen Slumdog Millionaire. You can't trust the guy. No, you can't. Remember? I don't trust the guy. But I think that's it. It makes you doubt yourself, doesn't it, when you've got four answers? You go, well, I'm pretty sure it's... When the money starts ticking up, you do doubt yourself. That's why I always, whenever I play at home, I always think of the answer really quick before any of the answers come up. And I always stick with that, whether it comes up or not. Whether it's one of the four, I just say, no, I'm not having any of these answers that you packaged for me. I want to say the fifth answer, which is my answer. That's not allowed, though, is it? 
Not really, no. <laughs> if their nut come up, it would be silly to go with that answer, wouldn't it? Would you yeah. still stick with it? No, I always, it's for a million, always and none of those answers have come up. That's no. what you thought of before. He's got three lifelines. Yeah. <laughs> it's for a million, you know. I'm not going to chance it on the pre-prepared answers that they give me. I think I'm going to have something up my sleeve, and I'm going to bring my own. Sticks your principles. Well done. Yeah, thank you. It's a great choice. It's honourable. Who wants to be millionaires? Yeah, like, it's the gold standard. Really good. I don't really enjoy anything as much these days. I kind of dip in and out of like pointless and the chase. Sure. I think are all right. I think that they're sort of like re- trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. When like you go in its purest form, who wants to be a millionaire? It's like a big event every yeah. time it was on. It was great. Well, the whole nation used to watch it. They used to play it in the pub. All the music would get turned off and they'd switch millionaire on and then we'd watch that. And Weakest Link was on at the time. And I remember <laughs> that always didn't feel as good. So do you know who invented millionaire? Who, who's, nah. Wasn't it Jasper Carrot? Jasper Carrot is one it? of the people who invented it. So yeah. then he went back to it and he was just like, right, I want to be the host of my one. And he did Golden Balls. Yeah, I didn't. I never understood that show. I didn't ever really get into it, but I just... Oh, yeah, certainly never understood the rules or how it was all meant to work or anything. You've got a question, and what is it, 16 questions between you and being a millionaire, and you've got four potential answers and three lifelines. It's really simple. I don't know if this is a dream I've had, but Natalie might be able to fact-check this. Are the creators of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Jasper Carrot and the bloke who wrote Peaky Blinders? I think that's the dream team. Is he called Stephen Knight? Stephen I think it's those two. Jasper I mean, Carrot and Stephen Knight. Yeah. Jasper Carrot meets up with a bloke who writes Peaky Blinders and together they come up with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? A lot of stuff is made out of like the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise being based on... Um, uh, right. It's true. It's, you know, but Pirates of the Caribbean being based on like a board game, you know, and Battleship. There was that film yeah, Battleship yeah, yeah. being based on a board game. But Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is a game that's based on a song, isn't it? So, and that went for years and years and years. Right. <laughs> We've covered comedy a little bit already. Yeah. But it's getting on eight o'clock, isn't it? About eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Yeah. I don't know. How old are you in all of this when your memory goes back? How old are you? Sort of like between seven and ten, I think. Seven and ten, yeah, that's great. Three-year window, yeah, brilliant. Four, including the actual year that it's counting. Do you have a favourite sitcom or comedy show you'd watch at this time of the evening? That's a good question. doesn't have to be eight. There's loads of stuff, because I mentioned having the older brothers, so there was loads of stuff. Could be British, could be American. Yeah. Is it likely to be British? Is it likely to be American? I think I was into more British stuff, definitely. I took a lot of pride in how we had loads of good British comedy. When I was younger. Yeah. yeah. You've become a comedian. Exactly. But like, what are you talking about? You're talking about like keeping up appearances, your one foot's in the graves, no. your British Empire. British Empires. 2.4 Children's. 2.4 no. Children, absolutely. What's that one with Nicholas Lindhurst and just the two of us? Just the two of us. Oh, what about Just Good Friends with Paul Nichols? No? No? Okay. So what are you Sorry. talking about when it comes to British? I like Coupling. What? When that was on. Oh, the British, the British Friends. Yeah, I like. Mm. I kind of liked Friends when it was on. Friends but was I, great, but I, I've not watched it for ages. Friends was really great. It's really weird, like when growing up watching Friends mm. and it feeling like, oh, it's sort of sophisticated, like a bit like in between Seinfeld and something else. And then when How I Met Your Mother came along, it's just like, oh my god, this is so lowest common denominator. It's not as intellectually fulfilling as something like Friends. Mm. And then when you watch Friends, you realise it's a kid show. Yeah, not aged very well. I'm trying to remember what I liked in terms of sitcom specifically. Like, I really loved Scrubs when it was on. Oh, but I God. was a teenager when that was on. Yeah, but like around 2005 when I was living in Brighton, Scrubs was like 
you'd stop everything and watch that. Yeah. Except I lived with a woman who was doing a knitting degree at Brighton University, which is about as Brighton as you can get. <laughs> and she had a loom in our living room. And so when we watched Scrubs, she'd do like coursework and she'd be like rum, rum, rum. <laughs> and you'd have to have the volume right up mm. and it's just like this is a communal area do you know what i mean yeah. i don't want to be that guy but this is a communal area yeah. and then she'd sort of get on at me about like i hadn't washed a teaspoon you know i'm reliving it now and then it was unworkable in the end and i eventually ended up moving back to st albans with my mum and dad and watching scrubs with them yeah which was brilliant because you know they sit very, quietly they're quiet people. Yeah. so there's a happy ending to that story yes. which you know might not seem happy at first but when you really squint at it did you see the end of scrubs when they like kept it going it wasn't a spin off they changed all the characters and it was really bad well they gave everyone an ending in season whatever it was the penultimate season and then they did another season where they introduced a new cast of people oh what so everyone left and they just replaced them no sort of they sort of replaced them but they didn't leave they were like they'd hang around so like the main guy jd was like a teacher i guess that's one so he was in it occasionally. But he'd learnt nothing from the entire 12 seasons that they'd done. Was it, it really like in work. ER when George Clooney left, but he'd still sort of be popping up? He'd done like a day's filming and they'd pop up as if, I'm still in here. And it's like, you're not. You're checked out. You're in the Peacemaker. You're Batman and Robin. You're, you're, oh, yeah. yeah. When they'd sort of like, there'd be like an IV drip on someone and there'd be a monitor playing Batman and Robin. <laughs> Yeah, and be, oh, there he is. He's still, he's still, he's still here. here. What other British sitcoms were there around that? I'm trying to. Could just be like comedy shows. Oh yeah, I like Space. Nineties. What else? The young ones we watched. I guess it was oh, stuff was repeated, right? Bottom. Bottom. Loved bottom. Well, you're gonna have a lot of bottom. Do you mm. think? Yeah. Every week, someone's time. gonna say bottom. No. What's your favourite episode though? I can't remember the episodes. I've not seen it for years. But I do think there sorry. is something about you've just absorbed this so stuff. Sorry. No, I think you'd, you've absorbed this stuff as a kid. Mm. And someone said that I quite like that sort of doing stuff well is just an application of opinion. So as long as you sort of appreciate and you know what you like, mm-hmm. you can just apply that and be funny. What do you mean? Partly what being funny is, is just knowing what you find funny and absorbing that stuff, then applying it. What? <laughs> I, d- I just don't understand what <laughs> any of that means. If you appreciate things, if you're an appreciator of things... That's like the first step to getting good at something. So you form an opinion, you get to work out what's good and bad of the kind of stuff you like. And then if you can apply that yourself, that's when you're getting good at something yourself. It's an applied opinion. What about Dad's Army? <laughs> no. Hello, hello? No. Hmm. <laughs> is that it? Well, there was no me knowing you in the midnight, isn't there? Yeah, watch that. Like the day to day. Yeah. Just say anything other than at the bottom. What, because someone said bottom last yeah, time? Yeah, we've had someone else say bottom. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, all of those. Mighty Boosh as well. It's a bit older. And then, you know, you start going into, like, finding out what people have written and what else they've done. And then going down rabbit holes and all of that. Something I really... It's not TV, so I'm sorry. But um, Chris Morris's radio show called Blue Jam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got into that when I was, like, 15 or 16 found all of it online and that like blew my mind so i remember when i was really little there was naked video do you remember Mm. naked video and there was one sketch in naked video where it was a close-up of someone's face and they were talking about how they'd been in a bank robbery or something and the camera panned off and it just turned out that it was just like a decapitated head in the middle of like the floor i was like seven and it gave me nightmares for a year i'm like even now i can't 
even recall anything funny about it, just that it was traumatising. So if you've got like older brothers that are getting you into Chris Morris and stuff like that, mm. do you feel like there's anything... Because Jam was really dark. I didn't watch that when I was little. I didn't know about Jam. I guess they didn't watch it. Jam came out about the same time as the first series of Big Brother because they advertised Big Brother at the end of Jam mm. and we all thought it was a sketch. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, yeah, it, it was right like a real... They said, do you want to be part of this Orwellian yeah. experimental <laughs> TV show? Oh, that's it, funny. And we just thought, oh, bloody hell, Chris Morris, what's he like? <laughs> so are you asking if they ever showed me anything that was scary? Yeah, I guess what I was trying to say earlier about Total Recall as well, mm. it's kind of like you watch Terminator 2. I'm and... trying to think of what freaked me out. I remember my brother not letting me watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Good. So there was always a level. It wasn't like just watch whatever. Yeah. Oh, I saw like Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff when I was little. Yeah. And that, the idea of it really freaked me out. Yeah. You know? I think in a way, like when I watched Nightmare on Elm Street, I wasn't scared of it anymore. No. But, like, everything around it, like the posters and even the introduction where you see him in the first one, like, shuffling around his workshop, that was like, oh, I can't, I can't watch mm. this. The idea of falling asleep and then something happening. Yeah, I remember that freak. And when you see the films, it's just like, oh, they're kids' films. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's not even any swearing. Do you remember when the, one of the boys turns into a wizard in his dream? Yeah, and that's... Freddy Krueger just stabs him. It's brutal. That's Dream Warrior, the third yeah. one. Yeah, I guess because the idea of it's great. It's mm. a really pure idea about you can't fall asleep or else it'll get you. But it's almost like it being played out isn't as good as the thing you've got in your head. Yeah, it's a really great concept. Yeah, I mean, it's like on the underground. You go around when all the posters were on the London Underground and you go around a corner and Freddy Krueger would be like around every corner yeah. oh my god so when you watch him in Freddy's dead <laughs> oh, the second one Freddy's revenge and he's at a party <laughs> and they're all by a pool yeah. and he's just walking around what's with the sunglasses one? on and you're like no it's not scary what's the one with the 3D glasses it's Freddy's I think my dead, brother rented that we used to have a blockbuster on our high street yeah turned to a vidbiz yeah in Starbucks and I think he rented it with the glasses and yeah. I remember isn't it that they kill him at the end it's and these things fly out of his part head? six, yeah. Yeah, that was exciting because I'd never seen anything like that well, before. Well, it was a big thing because it was like they ran it into the ground and then like, oh, let's do 3D for the last one. And they did, but it was so lackluster. It's just that one bit, right? Oh, no, I think there were a couple of bits, but it's like when there's a little sign, that's when you're in Freddy vision. And then it required everyone in the audience to like, we put our glasses on and we're underwhelmed for 30 yeah. seconds. <laughs> the characters so in cool. the film put the glasses on and go yeah. to sleep. Something like that. <laughs> I prefer that. There's like that level of interest. I prefer that to something like Friday the 13th Part 3, where there's whole patches of that film that aren't scary. And it's like, oh, I'm making popcorn. And then the popcorn's like exploding up towards the camera. And it's like, what are you doing with that yo-yo, Jono? And he's like, oh, no, I'm just yo-yoing up to the camera. There's sure. a bit where someone just is putting That's some great. sheets on a line and he's yeah. just doing this. Just putting oh. some sheets on thing. It's not scary, that. It's not scary. And it's just like, yeah, I know, we've made the whole film in 3D. That's but it was wrong. like that you know around like 2010 when every film was 3D as yeah. well that's what it was like going to see a lot of these films because they weren't set up for the 3D at all well, they, but and they they'd have little bits of something it was um, dark we've made a shit film yeah. if we make it 3D then people will come just because it's 3D and that was when you got Clash of the Titans and stuff like that yeah. and they weren't made for 3D no. you're talking about your video shop where were you growing up East London near Leightonstone Leightonstone yeah nice. do you know the area a little bit. Wanstead High Street, do you know that yes, high street? That was my high street. So I'd go up there to get to school. It's a charity shop now, I think. What, but that was a blockbuster, no. 
for still very much a school. Right. Sorry, it was going nowhere. Let's keep on with the show. So, um... <laughs> so it's about know? nine o'clock. It's about nine o'clock. Right. You're beginning... you, don't, don't, you don't have to think of it as post-watershed, but it's probably time to put on your favourite TV drama. Yeah, your knees have just started to scab over. You've washed the sins of the day far behind you, and now it's like a bit of drama. Could oh. be anything. That's the thing oh, okay. about this show. Right. You really do yeah. control the airways. Okay. You Ozark, can put anything up. I've enjoyed recently. Sure. Succession, really good. But I've mainly been watching films lately. Why is that? Are you more of a film person or are you more of a... Well, one of the main reasons is because if you watch any series, you can end up watching it for 20 hours and it can be awful. Uh, yeah. You know? Like I watched like The Walking Dead, I watched loads of. Yeah. And it really didn't do anything. And I've had like years of people... I'm just not into TV, but like years of people recommending stuff. Yeah. Oh, you got to watch Lost, mm. and then oh, you got to watch Game of Thrones, and it's like they no, all. I'm not watching Game of Thrones. All of those last seasons are terrible, and they make people not like the previous seasons. Like, yeah. I'm not going to invest in. Whereas a film, even if it's terrible, it's an hour and a half. Two hours your life. max, yeah, yeah. Usually, there was it's a time when people used, to, especially about sitcoms, American sitcoms, people used to go just watch the first two series, and they're rubbish. Yeah, but then when he gets on the series three, it's great, and you go, "I'm not watching two series of something that's terrible." That's so much time. I can't bear it. Succession. I've seen the first series of that. I almost think of it more of a comedy than a drama. It is. It's weird. It's really funny, but the characters are really believable, so it oh, doesn't totally. feel that ridiculous. But that's something I've really, really enjoyed. But I don't watch that much TV either, just because of that thing about time. And something I had with Succession is. I really enjoyed all of it, so I ended up binging it, and it just, I'd stay up till like five, just watching it. That's yeah. no good. Well, I also feel like when it comes to comedy that I think that there's a style of comedy that is kind of like provided for us, mm-hmm. that is like, this is the standard style of comedy, and everything is going to be within that sort of style. So like The Office and Modern Family and Parks and Rec, and you kind of like go, yeah, 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 sure, sure. That's not exactly my sort of thing. And then you've just got to look for it, haven't you? I think that thing about staying up till five o'clock in the morning watching something is sometimes a really great use of time because I think you can trick your brain into going, it's just at night. All I'm cutting out is sleep. So it's actually a really good time saver. Yeah, but then you're depressed. The next day. Yeah. But I watched terrible. I watched the first season of The Office like that. Yeah. Where it was on UK TV before the second series came out, after the first series came out. And it was like episode six. And I watched that, and then episode one came on, and then I just watched it all the way through until episode six came back on, and I was like, oh, that's incredible. That's cool. Because at the time... that's three hours? Yeah. Succession's like an hour an episode. An hour an episode. I think ten in a... No, maybe seven in a series, I'm not sure, but yeah, you could just keep going. I'll tell you the film I watched the other day, is that okay? Yeah. So I couldn't sleep, I was trying to find something to watch. The Master, which I've seen twice before, I love that film. Why'd you like that? I think it's amazing, man. So I did a film degree. Three years, just watched loads of films. There's a lot of stuff I saw. So that's from the age of 18 to 21, which I think I just didn't get. Like I saw that in cinema and I liked it, but I didn't really know what was going on. I think this is the third time I've seen it maybe, but I just think Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix and that. And everyone. I think yeah. all the casting's great. The pacing of it is actually really good. So that's Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. So I really love Phantom Thread. Yeah. And that's a film that I think about 
every week, if not every day. I've seen it twice or three times, but it really sticks with me. And it's one of those films where it's just come like, I don't want to watch it loads. I don't want to sort of like become so familiar with every scene that I know what's coming next. It's like a book. When you watch his films and they're really great, it's like a book. Mm. There's really slow and he spends a lot of time on details that you don't necessarily see what the point are. But by the end of the film, you feel like that world is explored. I have that with Phantom Thread and I've got no desire whatsoever to rewatch There Will Be Blood or Licorice Pizza. Pizza. I liked Licorice Pizza. That's a bit long. I did like it. I thought it was amazing, but I also felt like that story that like pulls you in. Yeah. Whereas Phantom Thread is sort of like such a journey. That's it, isn't it? Some of his stuff goes all over the place, which I find a bit harder. Like I watched Inherent Vice recently as well. Right. Which I've I kinda like, but it's all over the place. That I was I thought story wise. I thought I would I was like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. Owen Wilson, Paul Thomas Anderson and then it's like it's been out for fifteen years or yeah. however long and I still haven't watched it and no one's ever recommended it to me mm. and it's never been on the top of my list. I enjoyed watching it, but it's not yeah. But whereas The Master I thought was quite a solid story. Yeah. I just thought it was great, and just Philip Seymour Hoffman's so good, isn't he? I think it annoyed me that it was so close to being about Scientology, and then mm-hmm. it was like, it wasn't. And I kind of understand why he did that, but also at the same time, well, is it or isn't it? Maybe there's a Paul Thomas Anderson film out there for everyone. I love The yeah. Master, right up until like, something like the last ten minutes, something that just was like, the whole experience of watching it, I loved and then right at the end, it just almost, I ran out of patience. The bit of it that I think of when someone says the master is that bit right at the beginning where he's having his photo taken and just how well it recreates that kind of era of photography. Mm. It's just sort of clever bits of sort of cinematography that just make you go, oh yeah, everyone really looks like they're in that period. It's actually one of the things I really loved about Licorice Pizza as well, yeah. where everyone looks like they've got period-specific haircuts. And they haven't all got the same haircut. They've all got completely different haircuts, but it looks like it's in the 70s. There's that scene right at the beginning where they're all combing their hair in the mirror. And it's like, they would have all been taught how to comb their hair in a 70s style, but you're in charge of dressing yourself, you're in charge of doing your own hair, but it's just doing it all period-accurate, perfect. Yeah, I always look forward to these films. Yeah, I'm so fucking sick of superhero films, so it's just like, to watch like a grown-up... Do you know what I mean? I don't want to be that person, but like to watch like a Mm. a film that's made for grown-ups where you kind of like... I can't be bothered with all of that. Okay, when Spider-Man came out, the first Tobey Maguire one, and when X-Men came out, that was really exciting for me. Because there was nothing really like that at the time either. It felt like a whole new thing. And I really yeah. love Spider-Man 1 and 2 and X-Men 1 and 2. But now it's like, they're spinning everything off all the time as well. And I, I can't be bothered. And I thought the new Batman film was great. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But I wasn't excited about going to see it. And nah. I, and, it's, and do you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've done an absolutely another fine Batman film. We're just spoiled for that stuff. Yeah. As a kid, if someone said, oh, they could bring out some new Star Wars films, and you'd be going, all right. Oh, sure. <laughs> Is there another one? Yeah, okay. I just think it's crazy. But the the worst person in the world. And I went to about four cinemas to find a screening of it. Mm. And then, you know, the parallel release stuff on DVD. I I was desperate to see it. And so I, like, looked for it in shops and then eventually went to the nearest cinema to me. (laughs) Not a lot on, right? But but it's kind of, well, there's Morbius. Yeah, exactly. He does look really fit in that, though, doesn't he? I haven't seen anything. Oh, I'm not so interested in the superhero films, but like in this one, Jared Leto plays like a super villain. Oh. So he's not really a hero and he's fit. 
Yeah, if you watch the trailer, he's sort of like he's just wearing his trousers for most of it. Oh, you know, and then it's just like his six pack and stuff. Oh. It's really fit, fit. So I'll probably go and watch that a couple of times, you know. But apart from that, yeah, it's not really into... The... Nah, because I get... I'm, I'm more into super villain movies, I guess, now. With Morbius my... is out. I've got some free view cinema tickets oh, yeah. for the month. And I was like, oh, cool, what's on? So it's only view. And there was nothing that I wanted. There's only like Morbius, Treat Sonic 2. Morbius. To Morbius. <laughs> yeah. You might not see it because the poster's sort of like his face. He looks like a vampire. Uh, but just trust me, he's well he's fit. sexy in it, yeah. Yeah, he's like wearing, he's not even wearing socks. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like he's got bare feet, leather trousers. He's a doctor, you know, he's a scientist. He's clever. Leather, he's, he's, that's the thing. Because you know that the character's a brainiac. You know, he's, he's not brainiac, but he, like he's clever, right? He's more than eye candy, which means that when you're looking at his fit body, you're thinking, yeah, you know what, though? He's clever as well. It's probably lit very well. Oh, the lighting is very shiny. Whatever yeah. they've used, like Vaseline or petroleum jelly or whatever. But it's fun. Why does it make him shiny? It's a vampire. It's a super oh, villain he? thing. It's a super villain thing. He probably, right. but like, yeah, he's fit. probably a vampire. He's, yeah, he's a vampire. Mm. Yeah. That's what you're talking about, isn't it? Films for adults, not superheroes. It's like grown up, villains. Grown up filmmaking, you know? Love it. We're yeah. on the subject now, but would you say The Master is the film you'd show on your. Have we got to the film so far? My... Have we got it already? Perfect Night of TV with The Master oh, that you would show? No. That was just something I saw recently that I just thought, oh, that's a lot better than I thought it was. I really, really love Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah. Love that film. It's really great. I remember when I first saw it, I think I was like 18 when I saw it, I honestly thought it was going to be like Scarface and everyone loved Scarface. Like all the boys love Scarface in it because it's violent. And I thought it would just be more of that. And then as soon as you see he's like out of his depth, I love it. But also one thing about Dog Day Afternoon, I watched that last year, I think. And I just remember it being like a drama mm. and it's really serious. And then when you watch it as an adult, it's funny. It's, it's a really fun, yeah. funny film and it needs all of that because it makes those characters so endearing mm. that you're on the journey with them. It's not just sort of like Al Pacino trying to do kind of like... Um, Being a gangster. Yeah, and it's not like an awards film. It's like there's just a lot more to it. And films were allowed to be lots of different things, you know. Mm-hmm. But in my head, it was sort of like it was a straight sort of like thriller drama. And when you watch it, it's really funny. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know, I love King of Comedy. I'm just saying my favourites. That is what I'm doing, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, right yeah. Thing. It's, yeah. Just, it's a basically, uh, it's, yeah. it's a format that encourages you to okay. sort of like be quite regimented. Um, but it's, it's a structure for a loose chat. Something really. I really, okay, I think, right, surely a lot of people's favourite stuff comes down to being nostalgic about things. So like, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but I think if I was shown all the old films when I was little, I'd be well into it. Hmm. Because I wasn't, now it's just like, why I'm not really interested in all of this. A film I really love because we had it on video, Raising Arizona. I think that's amazing. I've not seen it for a long time, but I think that's excellent. But it doesn't seem to be talked about that much. Everyone talks about... um, It's weird, isn't it? What's the one with the dude? Big Lebowski. Lebowski, Yeah, which is excellent as well. The the weird thing about The Big Lebowski was it wasn't a huge hit when it first came out. and Also, people didn't like it when it first came out. People didn't like it when it first came out. And up until The Big Lebowski... The Coen brothers had had an entire career 
where they'd done everything they really could do or were going to do. And it's almost like by the time you get to Big Lebowski, then they started the second part of their career, which mm. was disappointing remakes and films that don't quite work. And then they've got like more dramatic stuff like No Country for Old Men, but you've also got like Lady Killers. What's the other one with George Clooney? Intolerable Cruelty. I think they've got more films, though, that I've seen the first time and gone, that's all right. And the second time I've seen it, I've gone, I love it. I think the first time I saw Big Lebowski, I was like, it's all right. Yeah, I don't think I really brilliant. got it first time. I think, yeah, if you're showing it to someone for the first time and they're kind of like, what's the big deal? But then when you watch it over and over and over again oh, and, those, and you notice more and more bits, I think it must have been like five or six times that I watched it that you get the joke when the car's all smashed up and they're driving down the road and they're all in this beat up car and then they just suddenly start eating fast food and bringing it into shot and you realise that the joke is that even though their car's all fucked up <laughs> and they've just been in this sort of like altercation with someone, they've still gone and got drive through. <laughs> and it's like, it's five or six times of watching it that you suddenly go, oh my God, there's another joke. And there's another bit with like the landlord is doing his interpretive dance thing. Oh, yeah. And I saw it at a screening at a cinema like 10 years after I'd seen it for the first time. And all of a sudden me and my mate both noticed at the same time that there's a big blue crash mat on the floor and we both pointed at the screen because it was so big in the cinema we both pointed and went like crash mat and we'd yeah. never noticed it before and there's like all these details in those and I think all of their films are sort of like that mm. Raising Arizona I think it's like a Looney Tunes cartoon as yeah. well isn't it it's, it's really funny proper, yeah oh it's great yeah. it's terrific it's really funny but so again it's like one of those films when I was little it's like oh this is grown ups talking and it's about babies and stuff like yeah. that it wasn't sort of my sort of thing and then when you're older you kind of like go oh it's a cartoon and also you can see like all the Sam Raimi Coen Brothers influences mm. where they've made an Evil Dead film only mm. instead of Evil Dead, it's a Nicolas Cage comedy. There's so many nice little bits in it as well. It must have taken ages to make. Like, there's so many very short shots of things. Like, do you remember when she keeps arresting him? Or he keeps getting arrested at the start. And she's doing his fingerprint thing. And then in one of the bits, he puts a ring on her finger. As she's doing the fingerprint, which is really nice. Then you see their wedding and it's like half police half his people and it's just seconds these bits there's yeah. loads of it but also that whole beginning to Raising Arizona it's like half an hour before the title comes up isn't it it's like this a whole sort of short film in itself yeah. about how they met fell in love got married and then half an hour into the film it says Raising Arizona and you go oh wow okay now we're starting it's great and it's like before Nicolas Cage got ruined with action films it was when he was making like really interesting fun films yeah man well he was a kind of indie actor wasn't he i guess in that period in that period i guess the first sort of actiony movie he made with things like that kiss of death and things and then the rock but before oh, yeah, that you just think he was kind of i think of him as being in like kind of indie movies he yeah. wasn't like when did you do the david lynch one 1990 right. so that's isn't one year before you were born yeah that's when he was on wogan is that what you're gonna ask yeah <laughs> that, was when he, that was when he did the Wogan thing. Right. Yeah. Good choice there. We've had your fun. Okay. Do you, we've got to have a news on, haven't we? We've got to have a news Who's on. Who's your favourite newsreader, by the way, Bill Al? I don't know, man. Trevor McDonald, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. yeah. Everyone's going to say Trevor <laughs> Everyone's McDonald. Everyone's going to say that. Yeah, it's Trevor. Who else is there? <sighs> John Craven. Emily Maitlis is good when she interviewed the prince. Oh, yeah, sure. Is she like a news kind of? Christian Guru Murphy. He's all right. <laughs> Anyone else? John Snow. John, John Snow. Snow. Sure. Yeah, I like him. 
Yeah, all right. Trevor McDonald's fine. You've done your film. How you feeling? Wrapping up the end Have of the night. You've been stressed out controlling all these airwaves. I'm okay with these things. I never know how much to dominate the conversation. Do you know what I mean? Oh, sure. No. Dominate. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You can round it off. You're flipping through. It's a bit late. You don't want to go to bed just yet. Flipping through the channels. Mm. You're going through the music channels. Yeah. Lucky for you, it's only your favourite song, stroke video. What is it? It's hard to pick. Right, there's two songs. So oh, can you go back to like how you were before you were being so dominating? Oh. <laughs> that I, too I, much? I think that's a bit much, actually. <laughs> That's made me feel like, oh, I'm not in control of... <laughs> the airwaves. The airwaves anymore. The, you're not in control of the airwaves. <laughs> yeah. No, I... I yeah. Uh, You've lost control of the airwaves. Make a note of that, Natalie. Don't let the guests dominate too much. Yeah. <laughs> Electric Relaxation by A Tribe Called Quest. It's one of my favourite songs. Obviously. Do you know it? I can't bring it to mind. Do they say the name of the band within the song? Do they say A Tribe Called Quest in the song? Yeah. I don't think so. No. Also, Wicked Game by Chris Isaacs. I think it's just like the best song ever. From the soundtrack. I think it's the best. That Chris Isaac album is sweet. (laughs) It's really good. From the Wild at Heart soundtrack. Oh, it is. It's in that all the time. Constantly, yeah. yeah. But I was like one of the only 14-year-old boys who knew who Chris Isaac was when he appeared on Friends. He goes, oh! It's Chris Isaac! I didn't know he was even on Friends. Doesn't he go out with Phoebe? Does he? Yeah. Uh, that song everyone went out with Phoebe at some point I should have mentioned before that because that's reminded me of David Lynch I'm a big fan of his and I should have picked Twin Peaks as one of my late night Sure, it's too late now. Everyone thinks you're an ignoramus. (laughs) What else did Chris Isaac do? Did he do do the bad, bad thing? Yeah, that's Chris Isaac, isn't it? Eyes Wide Shut. The trailer for Eyes Wide Shut. I've not seen Eyes Wide Shut. Have you not? No, I like to keep a couple in my back pocket for when the big guys die. Yeah. So when the day Tom Cruise gets launched into space... Does one of his stunts that goes a bit wrong. (laughs) I've got eyes wide shut, ready to spin. Yeah. Do I like it? Not if that's morbid. (laughs) Okay, Bill Al. Yeah. You've controlled the airwaves. Right. Had a night of TV. Do you know what? I think I would have been happy watching most of that stuff. Oh, I would have loved what it. What did you not What did like? we have? What, so what did we have? Let's do a recap. We started off the night with Power Rangers, <laughs> and then we watched... Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, followed by an episode of the hit sitcom, Some Mothers Do Have Them. Um, <laughs> or, Scrubs. Or one of the Black Adders. Or Scrubs. What was your favourite episode of Scrubs? Oh, that's hard. The sad ones were quite good. Do you remember when that guy... Uh, Brendan Fraser... Oh, yeah, right. Do you remember his thing? Yeah, he had, like, wasn't it three-episode story arc? Yeah, and he has leukaemia. And then he dies. And then, well, yeah, there's an episode where Dr. Cox says to JD, like, he thinks it's a wedding or something, and he, they're in suits, and JD says, where do you think we are? And then you realise it's his funeral. Right. And it was really sad. Yeah. It's kind Sounds of classic. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's what Scrubs was good it did, at. It did some good sad bits. Yeah, that. Zach Braff. He was I never like, watched Scrubs, if I'm honest. Really? It's all right. it, was, I mean, it was proper good. It, I, yeah, I don't it, know how well it holds up now. I don't know if I could rewatch but it. At the time, well, yeah, but it's not so much that it's not good and it doesn't hold up. It's that so much has happened since. Yeah. And so much is built on that. Yeah, but I it imagine was it was a, real a pretty good, cutting edge for the time. Right? It, it was, yeah, it was, it was quite unique. Yeah. It was really, it was really good. But yeah, like I said, I mean, I never watched 
loads of it. Drama was Ozark. And nah, it doesn't feel great though. Can yeah, I swap no, it with Twin Peaks? No, it's great. It's no, great. It's Nick hasn't of, seen Twin Peaks, so he doesn't want to it. It's one of the rules. Hey, do you guys ever watch the YouTube videos where it's like a film explained? Or any of that stuff. I watched loads of. They're quite good. I watched loads of commentary, right, on film analysis and stuff like that. So I watched a four-hour video on. So if you've seen Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. did you watch The Return? Oh yeah. So I watched it and it frustrated me a bit because I was like, I don't, I feel like he's just doing an arty thing. I don't know what's going on. But then I watched this four-hour video on YouTube explaining all of <laughs> Twin Peaks from the start and what everything means that it blew my mind I don't know I think a lot of it is meant to be interpreted right I don't, I don't, I don't like think there's that. a definitive that's answer that's why I don't that's why I can't get into David Lynch too so weird I don't want to interpret it I want someone to tell me at the end why that should be satisfying that's why I watched the YouTube me thing to go, after that's great I love that I don't mind not knowing anything for the whole film and for the right at the end it to be and it means this and for me to go oh mm. I don't mind that the thing is with Nick and Twin Peaks is <laughs> yeah he would like Twin Peaks. Oh. I like Carl McLachlan. Is exactly. That yeah. But the original, well, the first season anyway, it's not that weird. It no. is, but it's not hard to follow. But then the return one he did is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. That is, like, a big arty film. But it's very satisfying. Okay, okay. if I like Carl McLachlan, and it's early 90s, yeah. I've never seen Twin Peaks, yeah. haven't seen Dune, and Showgirls isn't out yet, why do I like Carl McLachlan? Blue Velvet? Sure. Yeah, that's it. Maybe it's that. All right, thank you for answering that. Favourite newsreader, Trevor McDonald. <laughs> sure. It said in the thing, who would I want to read the news? Yeah. And I was going to say uh, Matthew McConaughey has a good voice. He does have a nice I voice. I listen to his yeah. audio book. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's What's great. that like? What's his very like? pretentious. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh, I quite like the sound of that. Actually. Yeah, think I'll was... give it a go. Do you think he was dressed, fully dressed when he did it? No. Nah. Rounding off. Oh, no. You still had your movie, and which your was... movie was The Master, right? No, no it wasn't. It, was, Raising, it Arizona. was Raising Arizona. Yeah, either that or Dog Day Off. It's hard, isn't it? I picked Raising Arizona at the end of that night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, more but, fun. About 10 o'clock at night, 10.30, fun. Text Do you, you have favourite films? Do you both have a favourite film? I have favourite films for moments. Yeah. You if can't. I'm tired, I want to go to sleep. I, I, my favourite film okay. is It's a Wonderful Life. But I couldn't tell you what my second favourite film was. I've got loads after that. I've only recently come to terms with the fact that Jaws is one of my favourite films. Because mm. as a rule of thumb, I'm not that into Spielberg. But then you go, wow, Jaws is incredible. I think Jaws is exactly that. Like, people who are slightly older than me used to always say, well, Jaws is the best film ever. And I'd always resist it and go, it's good. But every time you watch Jaws, you go, it's, it's the best. Brilliant. It's the best film ever. If someone didn't know what a film was, and you had to go like, oh, this is what a film is. I think that Jaws is like the best one to sort of start people with. Give, show them a DVD or a video of this is what a film is. Would you just put it on? I'm thinking about like if it was an alien. Right. And they'd say, what's a film? And I'd be like, come on, you're in a bunch of them. Alien. Would it be the alien from the film e. Alien Resurrection. Yeah. Alien Resurrection, um, Alien 3. Alien versus Predator. Predator. Yeah. Predator 2. So many new alien films. Is there any that, new uh, not, not alien alien but like just with a film with aliens in yeah Paul it's great <laughs> great Paul. I've never seen it right okay it. so well done Bilal oh it, thanks it's, you're the first second third or fourth or fifth person to control the airwaves and bloody hell you've done an amazing job it's only time now to throw you over to the very 
incapable hands of Mr. Nathaniel Metcalf as we play Better or Worse. Right. I'll be loud. Better or Worse is a game you have to say with the next person is better or worse than the person before, based entirely on my opinions to score points. Mm. And this week I've done it. All actors and actresses who have appeared in the top 10 films on your birthday, the 16th of October 1991, beginning with Rick Mayle. Yeah. Steven Seagal, better or worse than Rick Mayle? Worse. Oh, worse. Worse. Wow. Is Tim Robbins better or worse than Steven Seagal? Better. 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 Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger better or worse than better. Tim Robbins? Better. Better? Better. He's done more. Dumb stuff. Kevin Costner, better or worse than Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, that's tough. Oh, he's I not as good as Arnold. He? Worse. He's better. Kevin Costner's better than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what he's mate. in that I really like. Everything. He's great in everything. Sorry he's to interrupt the game. The absolute best. Kevin Costner is almost the best. And do you know who's slightly better? Keanu Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. But is Morgan Freeman better or worse than Kevin Costner? Better. Worse. Worse. Is he? Morgan Freeman's, he's alright. I thought everyone just had to like him. I think that's it. I think you I can think like it. him, but I you think can he's also fine. you can also really love Waterworld. <laughs> Carrie Fisher, better or worse than Morgan Freeman? Better. Yes. John Candy, Fuck better off. or worse than Carrie Fisher? Better. 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 Liza Minnelli, better or worse than John Candy from worse. Stepping Out? Worse. 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 Yeah. Julie Walters, better or worse than Liza Minnelli from better. Stepping Out? Better. 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 Sean Connery, better or worse than Julie Walters? Better. Better. What's yeah. Sean Connery in? Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, spoiler alert. He got eight. Hey, he got that's eight. That's a good score. How many did I get? I think I got nine. You know, um, <laughs> genuinely, right, I, so I really like your podcast you were doing before. Like, oh. I'd listened to all of them. Right. And I think I was the only guest who didn't play better or worse. You didn't play it? Yeah. You did a half hour one, right? I don't know, man. Uh, maybe it that's was right. On, maybe it was that's on at why. the beginning of the... But we're it not was... allowed to talk about our last podcast. Um, this is better anyway. Well, do you know what? It would be really good. Is It was a bit of a roller coaster. what you did. You said, I was on your last podcast and I really enjoyed it. Right. And, you know... You've just come to the end of doing our new podcast. Mm. Be quite nice if instead of going on about how great our old podcast was, you just maybe give us one <laughs> fucking compliment about the new one that we've just created for you, right? I haven't heard it yet, though. Yeah, well, you sort of heard it. it might have, You've sort of happened. That, does that count for you? But the editing could all be edited wrong. <laughs> I don't know, Bill Al. No, but because I was the only person who didn't do better oh, or worse, no. I got like an imposter syndrome, and I was like, what did they think I couldn't? Well, we didn't think you could handle it. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, to be honest. We had a discussion before. Yeah. We sure, were, no, don't do sure, it. you don't couldn't do back it. then. You couldn't. <laughs> yeah. It was when the pandemic had just hit, we were told that we were only allowed to do a one-hour show, and That's we were right. used to doing two hours. Oh. But now we're back down to doing... The sweet spot, one and a quarter hours. <laughs> That'll come down in the edit. Well, that leaves us... At, we are extending down the rope ladder from the top of the clubhouse. Rolled it out. Tr- the clubhouse treehouse. A treehouse clubhouse. And we should write this up for next time. And um, I'm, I don't worry, I'll wing it. The rope ladder's fully extended. And Belal, you've got a lifetime membership to the John Carpenter Appreciation Society. We're waving you goodbye. We're waving you goodbye. Bye. As you climb down to the. Oh, before you go, would you like to mention anything you're up to at the moment, Bilal? Shout. 
Sure. I'm doing general gigs and general Twitch streams. Sure. Okay. But How can we find your Twitch stream? In the off chance that you're not gigging at the point when this episode gets released, though, yeah. what else will you be doing if you're not gigging? The Twitch, probably. Yeah, and if not that? Twitch.tv slash Suffercakes. What else would I If do? you're not Twitching? Watching films. Yeah, controlling the airwaves. Controlling <laughs> the airwaves. I bet. <laughs> Yes. Great. Thank you for coming back and doing our Thank show. Thank you for coming. Uh, Thanks for having me. We don't say this every week. Yeah, that went all right. <laughs> Um, thanks for coming on and see you at the movies <laughs> later losers Nick and Nat Control the Airwaves was brought to you by the John Carpenter Appreciation Society JCS presented by me Nick Helm and Nat Nathaniel Metcalf and produced by the JC3000 and Natalie King